This is the Tree of Life, Season 9, Chapter 4. In this episode, we will be talking about the specific time referred to in the last episode and breaking it into two components. To start off, when continuity is broken via negation of an impulse, and thereby the creation of a dissonant space, or the moving of an actor into a dissonant space, the time it takes for the vacuum associated with that dissonant space to be filled through sublimating language associated with verbalizations describing that dissonant space, is the substitution time. This is the same language we used in the complete series to describe the time it takes for the system to correct a glitch. This is not the same as the time it takes for two impulses forged in the vacuum of a dissonant space to form into dialectical pairings, which is the time it takes for parsimony to re-establish itself. Let me give you an example. Suppose you are driving from point A to point B. Suppose for a second that at point C, in between point A and point B, you inhibit an impulse thereby creating a dissonant space. Suppose for a second that continuity with respect to your word associations is broken at this time, manifesting as a vacuum in said word associations. Now, the time it takes for you to develop the sublimating language and the expression of that language at point D between C and B is the substitution time. During this time, you exist in a dissonant space. That is, the ordinary direction, outward-inward, corresponding to synchronicity is reversed. Now, after verbalization of said sublimating language at point D, somewhere between D and B, is a point at which that sublimating language is oriented in such a fashion as to become dialectical to some impulse. This is point E, which is the point at which parsimony is re-established. It is at point E that your sublimating language, which ties together dissonant spaces, is reoriented to some dialectical opposing impulse, eliminating the network of dissonant spaces created by the vacuum. In other words, if you imagine that you start out within path parsimony, namely, your impulses are paired, in a reciprocal fashion, with the other, manifesting as path parsimony within the conjoined consensuality. Then, you negate some impulse. This releases you into a dissonant space at point C. Now, path parsimony has already created continuity between point C and point D, via word associations. In other words, your word associations at C and D are congruent. But, in between, during the dissonant space, your word associations are loosened, such that sublimating language is possible during this intervening period. Then, from D to E, your sublimating language is reoriented by the conjoined consensuality such that it becomes described by some impulse dialectical to the originating negated impulse at point C. In other words, the conjoined consensuality creates continuity between the originating point of the dissonant consensuality and the exit point of verbalization of the dissonant consensuality via congruent word associations. Which is to say that the associations at point C and point D are the same or similar. Often this rather odd alignment of two spatially disconnected word associations produces a retrocausal event, which is obviated by path parsimony. Which is to say that from the perspective of path parsimony, this association between C and D is attributed as intentional or deliberate, even though there is no actual alignment at point A. 
or point C. That's the end of the podcast for today.